Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, September 24th, 2021. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. Uh, Real quickly, before we get into the stuff we're going to talk about this week, uh, as I do every week, uh, a couple of quick notes for people who are finding this podcast for the first time. First, this is an amateur podcast. It's not done in a studio. It's not professionally edited and mixed. You're going to hear background noise. You're going to hear my dogs barking. You're going to hear me hit this joint a couple of times, especially today, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But the point being is just roll with it if you hear some background noise. It's not a pro podcast. Uh, Secondly, if you're finding me for the first time, chances are you don't know about my website. So if you have a moment, please swing by the website, oldhippymedia.com. That's old hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com. There you're going to find out anything you want to know about me. You're going to see my blog. You're going to find links on where you can find uh, follow me on social media. You're going to find where you can buy my first two books entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, and Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020. Both are available in paperback and ebook formats. Uh, additionally, you're also going to find a link to my merch store there. Uh, I have 160 different items to choose from there t shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, coffee mugs, stickers, notebooks, you name it. We got a little bit of everything going on there. And uh, more coming, working on more designs right now ahead of the holiday season. So, once again, swing by oldhippymedia.com, check everything out. I'd really would appreciate it. Now, As we do every week during football season, I briefly give you my football picks for this week, omitting the Thursday game because I record this on Thursday, but it doesn't air until Friday, so I just omit the Thursday games. Uh, I don't like to spend a lot of time on it because not everybody's a big sports fan, so uh, last week I went 8-6. and Oh, still... Not great. Uh, hopefully this week will turn around for me. Um, so without going into too much detail about last week, let's just go ahead and do this week's picks. This week's winners, I believe, will be the Colts, finally. <sighs> My Colts need to snap out of it, man, or it's going to be a long fucking season. Anyway, this week's winners will be Colts, Giants, Chiefs, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Patriots, Cardinals, Bills, Broncos, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Packers, and Cowboys. Write them down, but don't bet your life on them, because keep in mind, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyway, um, what do we got to talk about this week? Just a side note, if I could, real quickly. Um, This was not in my notes to discuss, uh, but... I'm, as I say, I, I, I record this on Thursday, uh, so I don't have to wake up early and record it on Friday morning, and I can get it out to you guys as early as possible on Friday morning, sometimes even for your morning Friday, your Friday morning commute. Uh, so it is 12.01 p.m. on Thursday, the day before you're hearing the, or it, it, this is airing, and this morning I was attempting to make cream of chicken soup going to get a nice pot of cream of chicken soup for everybody to enjoy the temperatures have dipped down into the 60s we're getting overnight lows in the 40s 
it's time for our first stick to your ribs, warm your inside kind of winter slash fall kind of meal prep time. I don't even know what the fuck I was just talking about there. But regardless, I was using one of those, what do you call those, like mandolin type uh, choppers for the carrots and celery. You hold it on an angle and you run the carrots back and forth across its face and there's a blade in it. Well, a couple of things. <laughs> a, this is a brand new mandolin. Never been used. Sharp as fuck. B, uh, I don't normally cook. Um, I am 49 years old and I can probably count for you uh, on both hands and both feet. <laughs> Uh, how many times I've actually cooked a full-blown meal in my life. I just don't cook. Uh, food, to me, is a, a service industry. I can always get takeout. I've started to cook more recently uh, to help alleviate the load, okay? Um, I, I've never learned how to cook, and it's really not something I enjoy doing, but my wife is still working while I'm retired, so... I'm trying to help out as much as I possibly can. And so I've learned to start preparing a handful of basic meals, right? I know how to make chicken enchiladas. I know how to make chicken parmesan, right? Uh, I know I know how to make uh, sauce and meatballs, a little bit of gravy, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to expand out a little bit more, trying to learn, a bit, learn how to make brownies from scratch. Chocolate chip cookies from scratch. Those two are key. Let's be honest. That, that's really what we need to know. How to keep chocolate chip cookies rolling. Anyway, since I don't cook, the point of this whole thing is since I don't cook, I, I don't really have the years of experience of fucking up in the kitchen to know what not to do. And so I had this mandolin cutting board on a side, you know, on, an, on an angle, and I had a carrot, and it was... I had cut a slice off, check the thickness of that, reset it, cut a slice off, check the thickness, all right, that's right where I want it, ran it a couple of times slowly, all right, it's running smoothly, all right, let's go, and I mean, I was hauling, and then I took fully half of my middle finger fingernail off on my right hand. So as I came down with the carrot, that fingernail was downward and running along that board and applying pressure. And so when I caught that blade, not only did it take off half of the fingernail, but it dug down into the skin underneath the fingernail just a little bit. Uh, so uh, my daughter, who was home, my oldest, Magnolia, who's actually a CNA, which is very, very helpful, especially in my aging years, or aging years, my elderly years, as I'm rapidly screaming towards them. Uh, I'm not elderly yet. I don't view myself as elderly at 49, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I started screaming immediately from the kitchen, get out of here. She's like, I'm on my way. And she proceeded to uh, clean me up and be like, I think you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm not going to the emergency room for this. This is, I, you know, got my wife on the phone. She's like, eh, emergency room might be overkill. Maybe, you know, 
the the urgent care if something if you can't get it to stop bleeding. So cleaned it up. My daughter went to go tie a piece of like twine around the base of my middle finger to act as a tourniquet. And when she went to go cut that, she dropped the 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 scissors, the the angled shears that you use to cut the gauze and whatnot. She dropped that onto my foot. Directly onto the top of my foot. Um, so, good thing it landed on its side and bounced off of my foot. Otherwise, I would have been going to urgent care for a missing half of a fingernail and a gaping hole in my foot. <laughs> uh, but it bounced off, thankfully. She got the tourniquet on she got me cleaned up and wrapped up as best as she could with the gauze that i had in the house it's not like i'm sitting around with a a full-blown medical kit ready for her to go and uh it just started bleeding right through that like it wasn't gonna stop i was like okay we, we probably need to go to urgent care and so we wound up she wound up driving me over to urgent care i walk in with this bloody civil war looking bandage wrapped around my middle finger and my hand up in the air above my head casually walking through the front door. I look at the lady behind the desk. I'm like, sup? She's like, oh, okay, uh, let me get a bed ready for you now. And as she stood up, she put a clipboard with the intake paperwork on it on the the, the counter with a pen. She goes, you start filling that out, and I'll, I'll go get a room ready for you. Start filling what out? I'm, I'm a fucking righty. Did you not see that it looks like I have been playing fetch with a tiger? Over here, I can't fucking do shit with my right hand. I, I got fucking rabies or something here. I'm, I am out of commission. So I grabbed the pen with my left hand, which I've never written with before, and scratched out Tom Powell as best as I possibly could. And all I can tell you is it resembled as if we took the most intelligent chicken in the country and taped a pen to its leg and it sort of made out kind of the shapes of letters. That was my intake paperwork. That's all I did. Tom Powell. Chicken scratch Tom Powell. Forgive me, but a hit is needed today. Actually, many hits are needed today, so thank God I have a copious amount of this good herb on me. But I chicken scratch my name out. They put me in a room. Doc comes in. I know the doc. Her daughter used to play uh, softball with uh, my middle child. And she's like, oh, that's a good one. We'll get you fixed up, yada, yada, yada. She put a, a, a proper tourniquet on it, got it to stop bleeding, cleaned it up, and then started slapping this goo on it. It's this... Uh, Dermabond or whatever. It's like a fake skin. It's like uh, basically like like putting fucking crazy glue on your skin in the hopes that it seals up the area because there's nothing to suture. And then a scab can start forming underneath it as it's stopped bleeding. So it's been a couple of hours. It's still bleeding a little bit through cracks in the Dermabond. She gave me a little bit more to put on as need be. Uh, I've got my hand elevated, and needless to say, I'm in for a few days of of uncomfortableness here in the Casa de Powell. 
uh, on the plus side, I have been relieved of dish duty for the next three to four days, as I am not to have my hands submerged in water. So, um, showering is going to be fun. Um, because, I mean, that's got to happen. I can't. I've gone through enough stretches in my lifetime where I couldn't take a shower and wound up smelling like uh, uh, a combination of hot ass and a turd wrapped in burnt hair. I'm not going to go through it for the next three days. That's for goddamn sure. But that's how my Thursday was going. That's how my Thursday of this week went. I slicing off a chunk of my middle finger and having to go to urgent care. <sighs> All in the pursuit of cream of chicken soup. Oh, cream of chicken soup how much we love thee makes for a pretty good tiktok content right a couple of videos on that get some views eh speaking of tiktok i i have no fucking clue where all you new guys have shown up or have come from i appreciate you guys flooding into the page um uh this week wednesday saw uh, 50,000 new followers show up to the page Uh, by Thursday at noon when I'm talking right now I've added um, over 100,000 followers in just a few days so thank you it's kind of nuts that you guys are showing up in droves to listen to a retired landscaper run his mouth uh but I appreciate every last bit of it and keep listening. Uh, uh, the intent with this podcast is to hopefully uh, begin to have some guest segments or standalone episodes with guests. I've reached out to a handful of potential guests and have a handful lined up. I'm just trying to get the, uh, the app to, uh, I got to test run the app a couple of times and then figure out how I want to do this. Um, but uh, I think we'll be able to have some guests before the new year. I, I, I think that we can, uh, we can start factoring in on some guests, hopefully well before the new year, like within the next month or two. But let me get things worked out, and, and I'll keep you abreast. But we're going to have some guests at some point in time to talk about things other than politics, obviously. I want to have guests on. And if the people who are listening to this that I've reached out for, uh, to about being a guest – uh, what I'm thinking about is having segments in my regular uh, episodes or, as I said, standalone episodes with just the guests in which we talk about things that the guests are into, right? Activism that the guests are doing, self-promoting uh, 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 marketing that the guests are into, projects that the guests are into, what type of work that guest gets into. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be about who you voted for, who you voted for, who you voted for. Now... Uh, speaking of TikTok content, I had a couple of uh, TikTok pieces this week that drew a little bit of ire from the non-political world, uh, and I'm going to reiterate my positions on both of them right here because I'm not going to back down on these positions. I will die on these hills, okay? Pergolas serve no purpose, and the heels of the bread are the best part. And I said what I fucking said. I said what I said. I don't give a shit. And it, you, take it step by step, okay? Pergolas beautiful pieces of, of, of art, very decorative, can really make a backyard, a back patio, a back deck look phenomenal. I'll give you every bit of that. And 
if used as a trellis and you get some uh, some growing vines to grow up on that pergola, uh, maybe some hanging wisteria, oof, be gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But a pergola, a standalone pergola, not being used as uh, a glorified trellis serves zero purpose. It does not keep the, the rain out, it does not keep the snow out, and it does not keep the sun out. It serves zero purpose. I don't know what the purpose could possibly be other than decorative. People go, well, I like, I, like, uh, I like to be shaded from the weather. But you're not shaded from the weather. An awning would shade you from the weather. An umbrella would shade you from the weather. A three-season room would shade you from the weather. A pergola does not shade you from the weather. It just doesn't. And going on to the heel of the bread conversation, I, once again, that's, an argue, that's a hill I will die on any day of the week. The heel of the bread, and I don't know what you call it where you come from, but it's the first piece and the last piece, are the best pieces in the loaf. Now I got there was a ton of great feedback on that post, with people talking about what they called it, uh, and a lot of people called it the whore, <laughs> because everybody touches it, which I thought was just fucking great. I had never heard that one before, so that was funny as hell. Uh, but we call it the heel, here in the Midwest in the Chicagoland area, and uh, I flip the heel down so I can go through the rest of the loaf to get down to the point where I can have an all heel sandwich. An all-heel peanut butter and jelly sandwich is key every now and again. you got to have an all. Not to mention the heel makes the best. If, you, if all you have in the house, of course, is a loaf of regular old white bread, the heel makes the best dipping into soup part of the loaf, if you will. And the other pieces fall apart too easily. But yeah, whenever I express opinions like that on TikTok, the heel is the best part of the loaf and pergolas serve no purpose. Fight me. Whew, motherfuckers come out of the woodwork. Sometimes harder than when we go at, get, go at each other for the, uh, the political content. But as I said, I, uh, uh, I stand by these arguments. I, I said what I said. And if you tell me that I'm wrong, then understand that you're already wrong. You save the heel because it's the best part, not because it's the worst part. <sighs> All right. Let's get into the world of politics. <sighs> I try to steer clear of stupidity as best as humanly possible. Unfortunately, I've got some stupidity to talk about in the moment. This first story is not a stupid story, but I've, I've got some stupidity that I have no choice but to talk about, um, I, stupidity, I guess strong word, very strong change, of, uh, a difference of opinion on something. But anyway, let me get to the first story first. Sorry, I'm just going through my notes here. Uh, the first story I want to talk about is the um, America's deal with uh, the UK and Australia. Um, this is a deal, it's called the AUKUS deal. I don't know if you've seen that, uh, those set of initials. Uh, but the deal is basically America and the United Kingdom working directly with Australia to 
for lack of a better way of putting it, counteract China's presence in the Indo-Pacific region. So there, there's a quite a bit of naval activity from the, the communist nation of China in the region, especially in the Indochina area. And Australia is pretty much out there kind of lone gunning it for the most part. And this deal is going to help the United Kingdom, Australia, and America, the United States, work together to help counteract that instead of leaving Australia out there uh, kind of fighting for themselves, so to speak. Now, is the deal a good deal? Is it something we should have done? Yeah, I think it is. I can't find anything wrong with the deal itself necessarily. Uh, it, it, it furthers our, uh, our uh, national safety interests, our national security interests. Where the issue comes in is how the deal came about, right? There should have been more talk with our European allies. Uh, not because you need the European allies to pull off this deal, um, but the members of the European Union are some of our strongest military allies. And we should at least, I believe, keep them abreast of what we're doing globally uh, so that we're all on the same page militarily. Um, and this is something that could have been brought to their attention. Now, it doesn't change the fact that the deal is still a good deal and the United States should have gone ahead with it. No, it doesn't change it. But still, as the de facto leaders of the world, so to speak, the United States and therefore the Biden administration should have, at a minimum, kept our European Union allies in the loop. I understand that France lost a sub deal as a part of this, so I understand that they have a financial gripe, and I can understand them feeling some kind of way about that. But at the end of the day, shut the fuck up. We're trying to protect everybody here, and you're part of that, so let's all work together. Sorry we didn't let everybody know about it. So there's a little bit of good and a little, little bit of bad when, in regards to that whole AUKUS deal. At the end of the day, the bottom line, the, the, the nuts and bolts of it is, it's a good deal and we should be in the deal. We should be helping out Australia in the Indochina region as that is kind of the first line of defense against China before China is knocking on our door. So that's the way I look at it anyway. Um, in some extraordinarily good news, we move to the world of COVID really quick. Pfizer has announced that its vaccine is safe for kids as young as five, and they will be seeking approval for its use in children under 12 as soon as humanly possible. Now, as somebody who believes in these vaccines, as somebody who has had the vaccine himself, as somebody who's had uh, actually three doses of the Moderna vaccine, I've had both starter dose, secondary dose, and booster shot already as I am immune compromised. Uh, my wife has been fully uh, 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 inoculated as have both of my daughters. Vaccinated. Sorry. Inoculated. It's not 1906. Jesus fucking Christ. Tom. Must be getting lightheaded from losing all the blood. Any hoodles. I would like to get my son vaccinated as well. He's nine. He'll be ten on December 1st doesn't qualify. So I am somewhat itching to see the kids be able to get this vaccination. Uh, now, how soon can Pfizer get the uh, vaccine approved? 
I mean, I have no fucking clue. Who? I, I don't know when the United, when the uh, FDA is going to go. All right, we can go, we'll go ahead and start doling this out. But I can tell you that as soon as they do, uh, we we will be first in line, if possible, to get the boy vaccinated. Uh, I want to be able to have the entire house vaccinated and um, take away at least a certain level of worry from this entire year and a half long now bullshit saga that we are forced to go through because a minority of the country believes it's all a fucking hoax. <sighs> Speaking of which, if we could very quickly turn to uh, the world of how the virus has been weaponized for political reasons. There's a sports bar and grill in Texas called Hangtime Sports Bar and Grill. You might have heard about it made the news this past week uh, because a Texas couple complained that they were asked to leave because they were wearing masks. Some people might hear that and go, what you mean because they weren't wearing their masks? No, I said it right. They got asked to leave because they were wearing their masks. The owner of Hangtime Sports Bar and Grill has a no-mask policy. And as a result, this couple entered the establishment, sat down in their booth, had their masks on, and even though they're both fully vaccinated, they explain uh, later in an interview that they had their masks on because they still have an immune-compromised son at home. The waitress came over and sat down next to them at the table and said, uh, the owner sent me over because I'm nicer than the owner but you need to take your masks off. We have a no-mask policy. And they explained that they have an immune-compromised child and it wasn't really hurting anybody. And did they really have to leave if they weren't going to take their masks off? And they were explained to that, yes, they did, in fact, have to leave if they weren't going to take their masks off. And they were then asked to leave. And they did. Now, people on my side of the aisle seized on this, Right? how horrendous this was and how horrible this was and how bad this was and so forth and so on. Now, do I agree with the owner of this sports bar and grill? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, I think it's stupid to have a no-mask policy, right? I think it's absolutely fucking stupid. They said it's now part of their dress code. Fine, so be it. I disagree with it. Having said that, I also disagree when people say that a business can't check for proof of vaccination or can't tell somebody, well, you have to wear a mask here because our policy is that you have to wear a mask. I don't have a problem with that, so I can't have a problem with hang time saying our policy is no masks. That is their right. Is it a stupid decision? Yes, it is. Are they idiots for doing so? In my opinion, they are. Do they have a right to do so? Yes. The free market will figure this out. Given the fact that it's in Texas, my guess is the free market's going to determine that this business is going to stay in business, and they're probably going to do quite well. And therefore, they can make this decision. Now, if Hangtime Sports Bar and Grill was in Manhattan or downtown L.A., 
or in the loop in Chicago, eh, chances are they wouldn't stay in business too long. Because the majority of people here would avoid going there like the plague and they wouldn't have a customer base. But this guy is in Texas. He's going to get people that are going to be like, yeah, fuck that damn virus and fuck them damn masks. Fuck you and your goddamn mask, goddamn commie son bitch, socialist piece of shit, pinko commie bastard. But here's the thing. If you want companies to be able to say you got to wear a mask when you come into my establishment or you got to be able to prove that you're vaccinated when you come into my establishment, then you got to be okay. You got to be okay with them saying no, no mask. You don't have to spend your money there, but that is the consistency that you have to have. That's the freedom that you want for the people on your side of the aisle, our side of the aisle. If you want it for the folks on our side of the aisle, then you have to allow it for the folks on that side of the aisle. They have to be able to say, no mask. There's one guy, I think it's in, is it New York? Or in the New York area, maybe the tri-state area. He's a gym owner. He's giving out, or he was at least giving out, like free six-month or one-year memberships to his gym. To anybody who can prove they weren't vaccinated. Now, I don't know how the fuck you'd go about proving they weren't vaccinated, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm vaccinated. I can go there and go, well, I'm not vaccinated. Prove it. Okay. Uh, I'm not vaccinated. All right, buddy, you get yourself a gym membership. You know what I mean? It's like, I can, and you can say whatever the fuck you want, but it's his right to do so. We have to be consistent in our convictions. Otherwise, we're just going to be hypocritical assholes. And you don't want to be hypocritical assholes. Now, I want to talk about something that deals with social media, if I could, real quickly. Most likely, if you're listening to this podcast, you found it through social media in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I usually post links to uh, this podcast and let people know that this podcast has a new episode up through, obviously, TikTok, my Facebook page, my Facebook personal account, my Twitter account, my Instagram page, uh, and my LinkedIn page. I put it all out there. Now, <clears throat> if you're on social media, you're following somebody in some way, shape, or form, and the, you have to understand that the larger the following the less likely it is they're going to see every message and comment that you leave. I've never had a following the size of which I have on TikTok right now. So every time a new batch of followers comes in and the following grows, I'm learning how to navigate and negotiate that group of followers uh, anew because it's always a new-sized group of followers. <clears throat> Having said that, some tips, if you will, a little bit of advice from somebody who didn't think they were going to have 560,000 followers, but all of a sudden do, which is fucking nuts. The larger creators are just not going to see every comment you leave. They're just not, and you need to be patient with them when trying to interact with them. They will eventually, if they're worth their weight in salt, 
try their level best to get around to everyone. But they're just not going to be able to get around to everyone, and it may take them a hot minute before they get around to your comment and or message. I try to read as many as I possibly can, but it's an impossibility. I get thousands and thousands of fucking comments a day. Not to mention the fact the hundreds and hundreds of, of, of comments and videos that I've been tagged in. And on top of that, the dozens of messages I get. It's, it's nuts. I love it, but it's just volume, right? So be patient with the people you're following on social media in regards to them getting back to you. And understand this. If you are a raging cunt nugget about the fact that they haven't gotten to you quick enough or enough times to suit your liking and then you end up chasing that creator down on various other social media apps, yelling at them in all caps in their messages or tweeting at them or whatever... Understand that that right there is going to guarantee that they're never going to read anything that you put put out there. They don't give a fuck about any comment you put out there or message that you send. If if that's what you resort to, following them from app to app to app to try and get them to respond to something you thought was important, they're going to look at you as if you're a fucking sociopath and that you need to be blocked anyway. So if you're one of those people that believes that that's an acceptable course of action, that going from one app to another and chasing down their various social media uh, uh, accounts so that you can bitch at them about not getting back to you about a comment or a message on another app, my message to you would be grow the fuck up. You are not owed a goddamn thing, you human ingrown toenail. Nobody owes you a comment in return. Nobody owes you a message in return. Nobody owes you shit. Some people are going to try their very best to give you a comment in return or a message in return, even though they don't owe you shit because they're looking to interact with the people who interact with them. But not if you're a raging cunt nugget. If you're a raging cunt nugget, and you think that you should do this, then what you need to do is walk out the front door of your house, down the stairs, of your, the front steps of your house, and out to the sidewalk in front of your house. At that point in time, you should hang a left. Walk two blocks, hang a right, walk one block, hang another left, and then fuck all the way off. I, I honestly don't know where people get the fucking balls. To chase people down and say, well, you fucking ignored my comment. No, I didn't ignore your comment. I probably just didn't see your comment, shit stain. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. I had a lot of that this week. With the new people that showed up, I had had more than a handful that were like, well, this is my... This is the fourth video, and I'm now asking you this question, Han, and you haven't given me an answer yet. 
Jesus Christ, you fucking freak. How many people you got hanging upside down in your basement? Eat a fucking snicker. Switch to Sanka. Get a blowjob. Do something. It's amazing the trolls that come out of the woodwork uh, on social media. You have the trolls that have nothing posted, no content at all, that tells you that all of your content is wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure, whatever you say, Punkin. Uh, <laughs> you have the guys that think, guys and gals that think that you are you owe them a return comment. You have the ones that don't understand why you won't meet up with them. Just want to buy you a beer. Thought maybe we'd get tacos together, man. You seem like a good guy. I, and I appreciate that. I, tru- I truly do. But I think you're going to understand why I'm just not going to go randomly meet up with some fucking guy who's going to drive in from Iowa because he thinks I'm a cool fucking cat. You know, I, Cool. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm sure that the chances and the likelihood that you you like me rather than want to skin me and use me as a bearskin rug in your cottage are high. But uh, eh, no, I, I don't think we need to take the chance today. I'm good. I don't need to have tacos with a stranger that badly. <laughs> it's, it, fucking people are just weird. Dude, I just want to give you, I just want to buy you a beer. Okay, but I don't drink and I don't know you and I've had people on this app say that they want to skin me and throw me in the river or uh, have told me that they've left a bomb on my front porch. You're going to ha- you're going to understand if I take a pass. Faceless, nameless, no content having TikToker who claims to love me. <coughs> Social media is a weird thing, man. It is a weird, weird animal. It's a cool animal. It's a unique animal. It's a dangerous animal. It's a depressive animal. It's a lot of different animals in one, but it is a really unique experience when the following starts to grow the way it is. When you can see the kind of people out there, you can see that there are a shit ton of really, really good people out there. And people that think like you and you go, oh shit, you got that humor. <laughs> okay, I didn't realize there were that many people in the world that would actually get that humor, so now I'm slightly actually afraid. Um, and then you see the weirdos. Sebastian Maniscalco was right about what the internet did, about bringing out the weirdos, right? I'm not going to do his bit anywhere near the justice it deserves, but if I could paraphrase Sebastian Maniscalco, he said that, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago if you like to dress up like a baby you kept that shit to yourself nobody knew that shit because you did that shit in the privacy of your own home now this was an over exaggerated joke don't take it too seriously uber woke nation these are jokes but just kind of get to the underlying point here of what he's saying he goes but now the internet has given everybody license Now, you just throw it up into the Google. I like to dress like a baby. And the next thing you know, there's 876 people who like to dress like a baby meeting at the Hilton. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. 
But the point of the story being is, it's not just the mildly off-brand people, but it's the it's the the cuckoos, right? It's the people with uh, seven years worth of MREs stacked in their basement and uh, 400,000 rounds of ammunition that uh, think that you and them have made a bond because you made a post that they identified with. And so now they think that you guys are pals. And they don't understand why... You wouldn't be willing to get together with this guy from Idaho to have a couple of beers. Uh, Because I'm afraid of you, Jethro. Because I think I'm going to go to Idaho in one piece and come out somebody's fucking bowel movement. Hard pass on the having a beer with you in Idaho. Okay? I've had other people say, why don't you do a meet and greet? Um, now I'm not afraid of doing a meet and greet, uh, like for my safety, you know, cause there'd be multiple people involved and whatnot and what have you. I just don't think there's anybody we'd be fucking interested in it. So that's why I don't do meet and greets. People are like, why don't you do a book signing? Well, fuck, I haven't sold enough books to get signed. <laughs> I've only sold a few hundred of each copy, you know, or uh, all together, I should say. I haven't really sold a ton of books, so. And they're not all here in the Chicagoland area, so how many people could there possibly be to bring out a copy of my book to fucking sign it? So, um, I appreciate all the, uh, the, uh, ideas and whatnot, but, uh, uh, I don't think any of that's going to be happening in the near future. Um, 